Today's episode features an epic reselling conversation. Let's get into it. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk Podcast. My name is Ryan, and as always, I will be your host. This is a no-nonsense episode. I don't have any reselling news. I don't have any what's sold. I got nothing but an absolutely terrific interview that we're going to get into right now. Hey guys, welcome to yet another reselling conversation today. I am excited to be bringing you uh, Steve, the Resale Dojo. So please give a warm Galaxian welcome. (laughs) Hey, thanks guys for having me. (laughs) So welcome to the show, man. How are you? Good, good. How are you doing, Ryan? Uh, pretty good. It's been a long couple of days, but I'm I'm grinding away at it, which is kind of what we do, I guess, as full-time yeah. resellers sometimes. But uh, So for those people who might not be familiar with you, tell us a little bit about yourself and where people could find mm-hmm. you online. Yeah. Um, as I said, I go by Resell Dojo, um, and that's what I use on uh, Instagram mainly. That's my main social media and also on YouTube. Um, I think I have a Twitter out there and I made a TikTok and I think I even did Clubhouse. Like I just did it to get the account names. Gotcha, <laughs> really. right. <laughs> just to hold the names. But uh, I, I rarely ever go on any of those uh, sites. But so mainly Instagram and YouTube for myself. Yeah, I'm I'm team Android. So I'm out on the Clubhouse program right now. I feel like, <laughs> you know, the redheaded stepchild or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I see a lot of people talking about it. Like it's this great platform so i'm anxious to see if they roll it out to uh android users or if i make the switch Mm -hmm. and go team apple again i did that for a while but (laughs) so let's talk a little bit about your journey to becoming Mm -hmm. a reseller what was your kind of work background what did you do before this and kind of walk us through the transition that you went through to get to where you are today Mm -hmm. yeah uh before i became a reseller well I would, I guess I'll start from the beginning. (laughs) So I went to college uh, for psychology, determined I didn't want to do like, uh, like clinical, uh, anything like that. Um, And I didn't want to go all the way to PhD. So I pivoted and went towards more of like an organizational psychology uh, degree. Uh, Came out of college and it was during the one of the big downturns, it was, uh, the bubble of, uh, 2001, right? So like all the tech companies were laying people off, like Lucent, like all these companies that were big back then are gone. Right. Right. (laughs) Gone now. (laughs) Um, and so I, I was fortunate enough. I was able to get my foot in the door with a big, uh, corporation, uh, back in Chicago, which is where I'm originally from. And that was with a big truck manufacturer. So I started like at the bottom of the totem pole there, uh, in the organization with their sales, uh, department and just kind of like learn like how a business works <laughs> right from there. Um, and as I, uh, was just doing that, as I was determining, do I want to keep doing that or do something else? Um, I really liked it and eventually went, uh, just kept getting promoted within the company. Um, I had been, I worked my way up from that sales, like assistant, 
through customer service, uh, through project management, um, through product management, uh, through strategic pricing, uh, all through that organization over 12 years. Right. Um, and so I was, I was doing a portfolio at one point as a product manager for 120 million ish. Yeah. Uh, that's how much I had responsible for, for my side. And as a product manager, you work with vendors, you secure product, um, you determine what other product um, your company needs, um, uh, whether for, for myself, it was for maintaining a vehicle, servicing vehicles, um, or servicing like our competitor vehicles as well, because I was responsible for that as well. Uh, so like I had like a lot of negotiation skills, a lot of looking at how markets um, are dictated, uh, how trends uh, develop. Um, I worked really closely as with my pricing managers at that time, set all the pricing strategies, um, and that which let, then led me into a strategic pricing role because I liked that part even more. Um, so I did now, that just for to, a couple of years. Just to mm-hmm. point out, it doesn't sound like any of that has anything to do with psychology. <laughs> no. And, and uh, that's that amazing. Time, I, uh, I actually got my MBA. <laughs> the company paid for my MBA. <laughs> there you go. Uh, during that time too. So like I went, I started at psychology um, and then went just straight head on in business. But right. the psychology part actually really helped. Oh, I'm uh, sure. In the foot of the, when I got in there, because like, I'm like, oh, well, these people, <laughs> how they're interacting, how they're working, uh, just the dynamics of a group and individuals that really helped me um, on that part. Because a lot of them were just more, uh, they went for business or finance or e-com and right. didn't have that background. Yeah. So you did that for 12 years. And mm-hmm. then? Uh, then I, I took a job in Phoenix uh, for with another company uh, as a product manager. It was more of like a startup uh type company that though it had like three thousand employees it was like a startup because the three thousand employees were mainly contractors <laughs> so um the the main corporate was probably like 50 to 100 people yeah uh, so I, I took a job there as product management uh in software development because i had never done software development before and i just wanted to try it out and it was a, a cool company to work for and uh there i was there for six years and unfortunately, uh, March 2019, uh, they eliminated my job and about two dozen other employees at that time. And they had done some eliminations maybe six months before that as well. So it was kind of like kind of weary of what was potentially going down. And then once I was gone, they did like way more. And then when COVID hit, they did even way more after right. that. Um, but so... While I was at that job, I was like on my free time, I was watching YouTube and stuff like that. And uh, I think I was watching like CJR, who's a big um, video game collector. And okay. he, 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 like, I watched him for years before he was really game big. And he would go like garage sailing to build his collection and flip uh, to get other stuff. And I think off of that, then I found. Uh, suggested was like chase from chase uh chase uh for the right price or whatever his name goes by and he he really would talk more about uh, ebay and those type of flips on there and then you know the algorithm sucks you down and you right. get into you get into everything so then you start getting like rally roots and all those guys um side hustle network 
um, Bearded Picker, all those guys started to come in there. So I was watching those before I, I even got let go for my job. And so I'm like, I was just like, just fascinated by that. Cause I love playing video games and buying them for myself. And it just brought me down a whole different rabbit hole in general. Right. So I, I kind of was prepared uh, when I lost my job that that could be something I could do to, you know, make money in the meantime. Yeah. So did you start dabbling in that at all prior to losing your job or was this just, I'm watching videos and this looks like it might be a cool thing. And then, Oh crap. Yeah. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just watching videos. I hadn't even jumped into it. I had an eBay account with about a thousand feedback from buying and selling uh, baseball, football, bas- basketball cards back in the day. And I hadn't done anything on it for probably about seven years. Right. Um, and so like I knew the ins and outs of eBay, at least back then, <laughs> Yeah, because it, it's always changing. Uh, so I'm like, I knew I could jump into it cause I had shipped plenty of stuff out right. and, you know, handle customer service and all that type of stuff and, uh, know how to m- at least manage the basics. So I was ready for it. And like, I had, I'm like, I, it was actually kind of, it was kind of interesting that when I got laid off, I'm like, it was kind of like a relief. I'm like, Oh, I could do this now right. and try it out. Um, cause I'm like, I was just like holding back. I'm like, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm never going to do it. Um, but then, uh, once I got laid off and I was looking for, uh, new jobs and, and stuff and in between, you know, sending out resumes and meeting with people and looking for the right one, I was just hitting thrift stores for about six months until I decided, you know, I'm going to go full time and, and uh, do this because I was like slowly building up my store and right. uh, just enjoying just how it worked and um, taking all the experience that I ha- had uh, previously <laughs> and, you know, putting out like a smaller scale with my store. Right. So how did those learning experiences on a big corporate, you know, kind of project management, brand management job mm-hmm. help you as you grew into reselling? Yeah. Um, well, I, th- I think it really helped because um, as a product manager, you see every single aspect of the company. Um, you're, you're responsible for everything, but you have no one reporting to you. It's like the <laughs> weirdest job out there, right? Yeah. You have to make everyone go in one direction um, sure. to, to um, get your product out there, sell it, um, source it, all that type of stuff, ship it. So like I, saw everything that was going on there. Uh, and so that really helped me just like understand like the different components of it. And I think it helped me more like carp- um, just like look at them in those like different components of like, okay, this one I need to do X, Y, Z, this area I need to do these three things um, just for, you know, sourcing. I, I was like, it really helped me like divide down like sourcing, like, okay, well I used to work with buyers all the time and, and work with vendors, but what, what are going to be my key vendors here, which are thrift stores, garage sales, you know, estate sales, like that type of stuff. So I, I was like identifying the key strategic uh, areas I needed to go into um, to help build it up. So when you got started, was it was it video games that was kind of your first product category or where, where did you start? And then where did it develop from there? Yeah. When I, it's funny. Cause when I went in, like the first store I went into, I think it was the day I got the news. 
I got laid off <laughs> and they're like, they're, they talk to me and stuff at the right first when I got there in the morning and they're like, yeah, you could take the rest of the day off and just, you know, relax. Don't worry about it. Cause they gave me like two weeks. I was like one of the only people or three weeks. I was the only person at that building. Cause I knew so much stuff that they needed me to download it. Right. They couldn't just get rid of you. (laughs) Yeah. So they're like, you know, take a day off and you have three more weeks um, here, but everyone else, they just walked out the door. Right. Did you work the three weeks or were you like, "Ah, I still worked it like half days. (laughs) Like, yeah, you'd definitely be on a much more flexible schedule at that point when you (laughs) like, I'll meet with you. We'll go over everything. And um, if you need me, just give me a call. (laughs) I'm going home for the rest of the day. So how Um, was, how was that Uh, essentially training your own replacement or replacements in that case? Yeah, it it was, uh, it's odd. Yeah. Um, the thing is like the people are like my friends, like they were, like I worked with them for so long uh, and I knew that I was really close with them and they were, none of them were like the ones that made the decisions. Sure. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to hold anything against them. But like, I want them to succeed because like, if my job could go away, what's going to happen to someone else um, on there as well. So like I was meeting with like the vice presidents and different directors just to like offload as much stuff to be yeah. like, Hey, like one person is not going to be able to backfill this part time. <laughs> right. So here is like everything you need to know. And just let's set like all these meetings up to uh, help you understand uh, whatever you don't understand right now. Yeah, man, um, you're a, you're a hell of a human being. <laughs> a, a lot of folks would not have gone to that level of effort to ensure a nice transition. So kudos to you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, it's like, you, you like, I, I want to treat them like how they would treat me. Like, as I said, they were, they're my friends and stuff like that. So, and coworkers I work for with years. So we've been in the, you know, been through a lot, just yeah. getting product developed and stuff like that. So it's like, not going to just like drop it on them. And, and also like, as you're looking for a new job, you want like references yeah. as well when it comes to it. So you don't burn those bridges, even though, you know, you felt like you got burnt. Yeah. Um, you don't want to burn those uh, bridges back at them. Yeah. So you went in on that mm-hmm. day and you found mm-hmm. games or what was the kind of the eureka moment about, okay, here's something I can do. Yeah. I went in there. It was the first time I was in a thrift store and I don't know how long. Um, <laughs> it was a long time. And it was just not the one of the Goodwills I drove by every day, like back and forth to work. As I'm watching these videos, I'm like driving by the same Goodwill. I'm like, I should really go in there. I should go in there. And then like, now I have a reason to. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if this this could work. So I drove in there um, and went in. I'm like, I'm only looking at video games. And I was just like overwhelmed looking at just like just the store in general, because there's so much stuff. And like, where is everything? Um, and I went to the video game section which is just, you know, intermixed with every other piece of media. <laughs> right. Most of them aren't good enough to put it all on one shelf for you in one section. Um, so I went through and I was fortunate. I found two games and each of them I could, was able to buy them for like three bucks and resell them for like 20. And I was like, wow, I actually found something in here. Right. Uh, but that was like all I could find. And I'm like, okay, like I could do this. I didn't look at anything else. I didn't, I didn't look at media yet. I didn't look at clothing. I didn't look at, I think I made one electronics. I'm like, Oh, maybe there's a console back there. 
nothing was back there. <laughs> um, and so like, I just left the store. I'm like, okay. And I went home and then I'm like, okay, now I got to figure out what do I got to do next with this? Right. Um, because like, I never like remove stickers, anything like that. So it's like, you know, YouTubing everything else, the next steps. And I'm like, okay, now I gotta get bubble mail, bubble mailers right. in case I sell it. Um, make sure my printer was ready. Uh, so I was slowly like that day, like, like made me like realize, okay, I could do this. Um, but I just needed to like refresh myself on like what the next steps were going forward. Right. And I think a lot of people, when they jump in, they don't, they don't take that time to think about, okay, I'm going to have to have some bubble mailers. I got a friend that kind of got into this and she called me like right away. Oh my God, I sold something. Now what do I do? You know, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. uh, if you need some bubble mailers or something, come on over, I'll ho- hook you up. But yeah, this is, yeah. you've got to be a little bit more forward thinking. And I think that's where someone like you and like, in my case, I'd worked in retail for 30 mm-hmm. plus years. So you've got that experience of looking at a bigger picture and being able to kind of lay out, okay, it's, step A, step B, step C, and what do I need to execute all those things? So as you went through that process and kind of laid out your strategic areas for sourcing, how did you Mm -hmm. walk yourself through that process? Where did you, what were the ones you identified as being best and not quite so good and expanded Mm -hmm. beyond the, I'm just going to look at games? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as I started to go hit like more stores and like just try to figure out, like I, I just went Google maps and put in thrift stores. Do you have a I'm lot like, of thrift stores in your area? Yeah. Fortunately yeah. here in I'm in Phoenix. Um, and there's a ton, like, especially for me in my area. Um, I do a route, um, twice a week that usually like, two or three times depends on how I want to do it. Um, that has like eight or nine stores just in it that I'll, I'll hit a route on, but there's like so many like Goodwill, Arizona has a ton. There's a ton of savers. We have desert industries here. Um, and then we have like all of like more of like the charities, uh, thrift stores as right, well. Right. We have a bunch of like, um, the ones that are like for, um, like humane society or pets and stuff like that. Um, our, we have what's here in Phoenix. Um, one of the towns is uh, Sun City, which is like a big retirement community. So they have like this one area where there's like probably six or seven thrift stores just like in like nice. a little mall, shopping mall area, um, which is what I was one of the first places I was hitting because I saw like how many were in one spot. Right. And like I, I tried that out. Uh, but so once I started searching, um, and going and hitting them up, like I started to realize, I'm like, well, I don't think there's going to be enough inventory <laughs> here in this one category. Right. Um, because I go in and I'm like, there's nothing. I'm like, they didn't put anything out. Like, like I didn't know like their timing, like how often they're doing it, um, how much was coming in. Um, so I was going in there and I'm like, there's nothing here. Yeah. And then I would, be okay. Well, I'm here anyway. I might as well look at something else. And so I didn't look at DVDs yet. <laughs> that was still farther down the road. Like I, did, I didn't even think about that when I was there looking at games. Um, I would go electronics, see if there's any like um, anything that like I like knew, right? Like webcams, consoles, um, 
uh, Walkmans, like that type of stuff that was there. Um, eventually, like I still wasn't finding as much stuff as I as I was wanting, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna dabble in clothing. So I did clothing for a while. Uh, Are you still doing clothing? I pick up like. I only pick, I'm really selective. Like I'll only pick up stuff. Like I don't, I'll only go through the clothing aisle. Like if I'm there waiting for more stuff to be rolled out. Like if I know like, Hey, they're probably gonna roll stuff out in a half hour at this store then I'm going to, I'll go there if I'm just like wasting time and I only look for like, I'm really picky. Like it's going to be stuff that's usually like $35 or more. Uh, them selling selling it for and still i'm like i just have like a pile right now that i still need a yeah. list of it uh, it's just more of like eventual money pile <laughs> that i have right. sitting there um because like i've just been so fortunate just now with my processes of being able to uh find enough uh media games and electronics just in itself that i don't have enough time to get all of right. those listed so would you say those are your three primary categories? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, games kept developing. Um, media, um, DVDs, Blu-rays, CDs, um, or what I, I'll look at. So those will be like the, the key ones and then electronics. Cause like I, I'm usually finding more, I try to get like more of like the higher end. Like if I'm grabbing electronics it's stuff where I could hopefully hit a home run on sure, or um, at least um, make it worth my time if I have to mess with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause that, 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 that's, that's a that, big that, job. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta test it and clean it up and the packing and the shipping and the rest of that. It's not mm-hmm. like sticking a DVD in a bubble mailer and you're on to the next thing. I mean, that's a process. Um, yep. So the tickets yep. definitely got to be big enough to justify the amount of effort. Mm-hmm. So how did you decide that media I'm, if you've watched my channel at all, you probably have noticed uh-huh. I'm a big media seller, books, yep, movies, yep. CDs. What led you to that? Was it like just the raw availability of product or did you see profit potential that other people were missing? What kind of triggered you to look at that category? Yeah. Yeah. You hit on two big ones. Um, I th- one, I think it was, uh, I was looking at it. I started looking at it on a dollar day that I was there where everything like I was at one expense store that was usually really expensive and everything. And it was dollar day. And I was like, okay, well I got time here. And so I started looking at the media and I was looking at where it was priced at. And I'm like, okay, I could, I, I think I bought like one set or something like that. And I'm like, okay, I can make good money. It was like a $30 set. Mm-hmm. And so I started with that. And then like, I didn't even like know anything about like media mail rates or anything like that. I just knew like, Hey, it's, I can make profit on this one. And, um, you know, it's easy to ship because I got all the shipping materials for it. So like, it was like the overlap with video games already, um, made it so much easier. Um, just for, I knew like, okay, I I don't have to go run out and get something else to at least test this out. So when I was like listing it, I saw that, you know, like, oh, there's a media mail rate (laughs) when it comes to it. I'm like, this is game changing because like video games, like I was sending it for like three to like 
425, right. 430. So it's like a variable based on like where it is. Cause I do free shipping. I don't yeah. worry about calculate shipping on there. So like, I didn't know where my shipping cost was going to be. I'm like, now I'm like, Oh, well if this was and that time it was 280, it's 289 now, yeah. but it was like 280. I'm like, well, if everyone is 280 for under a dollar, I'm like, like, I'm like, super excited about having a flat cost <laughs> right, that absolutely. About. and it's cheaper than video game shipping, uh, which was first class. So I saw the, the profit potential right there. Just like, okay, I'm making a little bit, even if I was hitting the same ASPs um, on there and I was buying at the same price, I'm like, I'm able to squeeze out Right. a little more margin because of that shipping that I'm able to take out of there. So I was like just trying to game like, okay, where could I get like extra percentage points um, in my business? And so I saw that and then I noticed people weren't buying the media anyway. Like there, there was so much sitting there. Yeah. Like you go to the shelf and there's like 15, 20 games maybe. And then there's like, 500 dvds right and then like 300 cds i'm like there's a lot of inventory here i'm like i don't know what sells yet but i'm like there's got to be some stuff here yeah um that sells. so that's that's what led me to because i just like it just finally clicked i'm like like oh people are buying this because right. i after i found the first few like that people like where the sales price was i'm like people will buy this and like and then it did sell for me i'm like okay well like I can jump into it cause it's a better sell through rate than my clothing by far sure, <laughs> than right, I was right. doing. And it's a lot easier to source because you could see everything right there. I don't have to like skim through, um, through the racks and stuff like that. Like with clothing, I don't have to look for lit through labels and everything. Like I see just everything labeled right there. So like eventually like, I'm like, this is just like just operational. If I want to hit more stores and potential inventory, like if I go media, was going to allow me to um, greatly increase the amount of product and pro- profit potential I was going to be able to do. Right. Do you have a kind of a average selling price that you try to hit with media? You won't mess with it if it's below X amount retail. Yeah. I, I'm right now. I, I play around if I could sell it for 1195 is where I'm at. And I'm like, I was at, I think $10 originally um, on there. And I'm just like slowly bring it up because I'm like, just being more picky can like, do I want to like, if I find that one that's 10, like, do I want to worry about cleaning it? Like uh, all that type of stuff, like removing labels, taking pictures, listing and like, um, and especially if I already had enough inventory sitting there, I wasn't going to worry about, it. but if it's like a $12 one and it's got a good sell through rate, like not, not just only a hundred percent, but like, Cause you can have like one sold and one listed and you're like, Oh, hundred percent, but right, if right. it's 50 sold, 50 listed, um, then like, okay, it's selling 50 times in 90 days. <laughs> so right. I'm going to, I'm like, I'm like, okay, I could probably sell that in like three days. If I list that yeah. and just like, you know, pay for like four other items that I just picked up yep. um, at the same time. So that that's usually the, the lower end ones where I'll, I'll grab them. It's just, if I know like, okay, it's got, just got a high churn rate on there. I'm right. Gonna, I'm going to uh, put on there, flip it real quick. So walk me through your sourcing process. So you mm-hmm. walk into 
a thrift store or an estate sale, whatever it happens to be, and you see a wall full of media, what's, how do you approach it? What do you look at and how do you, um, do you scan every item or what's kind of walk us through what you do? Yeah. So especially now, since I've been doing it for two years now, I'm I'm like right at two years. Media, Media has been more probably about a year and a half. Um, but originally when I went in, I would just, anything that looked like maybe it could make me money. I scanned it. I scanned so much yeah. <laughs> to start like, cause you don't know what you don't know. So I was scanning so much. Um, but now, um, if I go in there and I see like the wall of DVDs or in media, first I'll look at games because I want to grab that first, just because most likely someone else coming to that section is going to look for games. Sure. <laughs> so if there's something sitting there, I want to grab it before they do. Um, and there's always really good chance to find a real high price one there as well. But I just always do that because I know more competition is going to be coming in looking at that, that one first. Um, so I'll do that. Um, I will, our sections, some, some of them are good. Some of them are bad about putting sets in one area. Right. So I'll look for sets first um, that's sitting out there, if, especially the ones I know that have like a sack, like a shelf or two where they, they try to put all the sets. So I'll go through there. And then, then at this point, it's just, um, I just go rack by rack. I'm not scanning everything, um, but I'm just looking through them and seeing if anything stands out. Right. I'm not going to buy anything that was like a blockbuster hit. Um, that probably, you know, a third of the households either have seen already or have (laughs) already themselves. Um, ones that like, I know I see on, uh, Netflix when I'm scrolling through there, I'm not going to be looking at any of those um just a lot of it's just like oddball ones um specific categories that i know that are good money makers for me like if i see something that um just like jumps out that's different i will always scan it just to double check to see if it's worthwhile or not yeah that's something i've talked about i don't know how many times on my channel is if if you've never Mm -hmm. heard of it it's one to check out because that's those mm-hmm. are the ones that are in demand. I, I told yep. this story a few episodes ago when I had my record store. Somebody wanted to sell me a copy of Michael Jackson's Thriller on vinyl. And I'm like, he's like, this is the best-selling album of all time. It should be worth a lot of money. And I'm like, no, actually, because it's the best-selling album of all time, it's essentially yeah. worthless. Because like you say, everybody's already got it or has access mm-hmm. to one. So it's almost counterintuitive. And I think probably a lot of people who jump into media don't Mm -hmm. realize that and they buy the stuff they're familiar with because they think oh that was popular and then they then those are the guys that you see on the facebook group saying media doesn't sell (laughs) yep yep so i always get i'll always see that out there i'm like i'll be on like one of the big uh facebook groups and they're like yeah, don't buy DVDs. Like someone's talking about like being able to get into it. And I'm like, no, you just got to be smart with it. Just like any other category. (laughs) I did like clothing. You're not looking at target brands, right? You're right. (laughs) You're looking for a premium. (laughs) Yep. I did. um, And I talk about it pretty much every episode. I did that bulk buy the 8,000 CDs. And the reaction was (laughs) nobody buys CDs. Who's buying CDs. That's a waste of time Uh and effort. And and I've made a killing on that. So like you say, mm-hmm. it's a matter of knowing, knowing what the right targets are and then going after yep. those and not 
spending a bunch of time with a bunch of stuff that's not worthwhile for anybody. Yeah. And it's being comfortable with comfortable with those targets on there as well. Right. Like, like you can easily grind out $8 DVD CDs all day long. Right. If if you have your processes down and you got your buy costs super low, like I would do it if I, you know, was getting for virtually nothing. Right. Cause that's um, where I'm I at. Had, I mean, and I had them in a bulk buy. Like I would do that all day long if, yeah. if I had that, but if I'm searching for them like out in the wild, then, you know, I'd put it a little bit higher of what I'm looking right. <laughs> for at that time. Have you done any like um, big bulk buys where you walked into an estate sale and said, well, what would you take for the whole wall of whatever it happens to be? No, I haven't yet. Um, I'm tempted to buy a pallet from Katie's store of sets, uh, DVD sets. I think you get a pallet of like, I think it's like 900 to 1200 sets or something like that for, I think it's like 600 plus shipping, whatever it is. I'm like, Oh, well, it'll come out to about a buck, a right. buck a set. And like, first it'd be just fun to test it out. <laughs> right. See if it would, if it worked, like just to test out, like, okay, how can I move these? Um, what are the, can I put all my strategies that I've worked over the years, uh, to use on it and also just see like, does that place sell you good stuff or is it garbage? Yeah. Like to, cause I don't, like I see so much being sold from them. Um, but I don't know how good it, like of what right. they're cherry picking or not, uh, coming from that place. Yeah. So, so what, be a what, good review on top of it. <laughs> right, right. So what's your physical setup? Are are you doing this from home? Do you have a warehouse, a storefront that you could accommodate if you got a whole pallet of merchandise in? Yeah, if I'm doing this from home, um I have I have a good amount of space uh here. Like if I was gonna do a pallet, I have plenty like we don't use our garage for our cars, so I have a gym in there. Um, and I have like a whole other half of the garage that could, you know, accommodate a pallet for, um, for at least, uh, sorting through it right. <laughs> and stuff. Um, I don't want to keep any media out there, um, just because I am in Phoenix and it gets to 120 yeah. in the summer. So I'm like, I'm not going to keep anything, um, in my garage. Um, so if I do get that much, I would probably, I, I'd, ha- I'd be able to accommodate a pallet, um, but anything, if I was going to continuously do it, I would have to definitely like think through, uh, do I need a storage place? Do I need a, a warehouse, um, like a new workspace? Like if I was going to continuously grind like pallets and do like, okay, I'm going to do six a month or something like that. I'm like, well, maybe eventually I'd work into my, my cost of, okay, um, yeah. I'm going to be able to pay for a, a just a place to um, be able to, receive the product and, you know, go through all the product and process it and stuff. Um, but I don't know if I want to do that much. Right. Right. <laughs> but, but, uh, um, I, I keep thinking about something like that down the road. Um, so that's why I want to test out at least one of them sure. just to see like different sources, which ones could eventually work well. Yeah. Um, it's like, I have no clue. Like I was looking up like review, like seeing if I could find reviews of it and stuff and I don't see anything. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you want to do me a solid, please leave me a review. That would be awesome. If you're listening anywhere else, there's a link in the show notes to my Podchaser page where you can also go and leave a review. 
Be sure to check me out on YouTube at Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips and follow me on Instagram at Galaxy CDs Rocks. Thanks again. How, how big is your eBay store? Um, I'm almost, let's see, right now I think I'm at 950 um, items. So I was almost at 1200 during Christmas and I just have not like kept up. Right. <laughs> like my pace was like going crazy there. Like from Chris, like from like the week before Christmas, like through now, like it's been pretty good for me. Like I'll have a slow week here and there, but it's like typically like 10 items sell a day. Yeah. Something around that. Um, so it's like just the time to replenish it. And then also, more time into youtube and stuff like that definitely takes away from it right. as well um but i knew that was like a balance i wanted to make there like okay well um as i grow youtube a little bit more um i was willing to not you know replenish my listings as fast as i was uh, in the past and that's why i set my thresholds a little bit higher because i knew okay if i was going sure. to um not put as many up i want to have higher dollar um amount of uh, items that I was putting up there as well. Do you cross list anywhere? Do you sell anywhere other than eBay? Um, I have, I don't cross list anything. Um, because if I'm going to list something, I would rather list it once and then get another listing up. Right. <laughs> right? That's kind of the decision I made too. I was, I was doing, yeah. trying to duplicate everything on Mercari for a while. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm getting no action on Mercari and I was selling stuff as fast as I could list it on eBay. I'm like, if I take that same amount of time and just keep it on eBay, mm-hmm. I'm going to just sell more stuff. So I kind of did the same thing. I'm out on the <laughs> cross listing yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah. Cause as you know, for like media and games and stuff, it's like, the, the sell-through rates are good. You, if you're finding the right product, you're going to move it pretty quick. Um, like for me, like I, I'm typically around every three months, my store turns over. Nice. So, so like at that point, I'm like, okay, well, why do I want to list more somewhere else? Um, unless I can't list it on eBay. And yeah. that's really the only reason, like I have Mercari, which I've put everything that's, um, that I know is Vero <laughs> I've put on there. Um, like Beachbody I put over on there. Um, Zumba I've put over there because I got Zumba Vero with, I didn't even know Zumba right. was a potential Vero product. I got, that was my first strike I ever got was, was Zumba. And so I'm like, okay, well those all go down. I'm like, and so I just had them sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, uh, where do I put it? I'm like, okay, Macari. Right, right. <laughs> like, I, it's like account. I don't have anything. I, I never made an account there before. So I'm like, like if I lose that account ever, like I don't really care. Sure. Um, it's just to move, you know, not even one percent of my inventory. Yeah. Um, over there, uh, and, and I just wanted to like, I'm like, it's also beneficial for me to build up like another channel eventually if I needed it in case something happened to eBay. Um, so I just have like eight or 10 items on there right now. Yeah. I just continuously replenish ones that I've sold, um, on there and, uh, Amazon, I'll put like uh, sealed electronics. If I'm ungated there, um, I'm eventually going to probably, uh, move some of the video games. I can make more profit on there. I have a box ready for FBA, um, that I want to send over there of stuff that is like, considerably more profit that I'll get on there. Uh, 
And then I just do a little Facebook marketplace, yeah. um, just of stuff that I'm offloading. I'm like, just want to get it out of my right. house. <laughs> Nothing like I, I don't, I won't do, I'm not doing anything like shipping even on Facebook marketplace, yeah. just all local pickup uh, for, for stuff that was like bad buys or. I was just going to say, have you had like, anything that you would consider to be a really bad buy? Um, the, nothing like I, nothing that was like a lot of money. Yeah. Um, the one that was the most amount of money that was just terrible was I bought a monitor, uh, on an auction uh, from our, one of the local auctions here. Um, I didn't go and test it beforehand. It was a, it was a 2k monitor. It wasn't a 4k monitor. It was like a Dell 2k, but it was like a 36 inch one. And I won it for like 50 bucks. And I'm like, well, if it, if it's good, I'll probably keep it. Um, or potentially sell it for like 400, 500 bucks. Uh, like, so I had like a good profit potential in there, or I, like, if I really liked it, I was going to keep it. Um, eventually I, I plugged it in, tried it. And it has like this weird line that yeah. just like moves across the screen. Oh, and then, so then I go and I look, look up everything about it. And it's like a known issue with yeah. that monitor. And like, no one's really figured out how to fix it. Uh, they think like you have to take all these things apart and like swap out different things. I'm like, like, nah. So I just put it up on, I still have it up on like offer up, like as four parts in case someone wants it. Right. I think it's at like 20 bucks right now. And I'm just like, I'm probably this weekend going to put it for free. And just like, Hey, take it away from me. If you want to play around with it. Someone right. that may know it better than me. Um, but like, most of my bad buys are just like bad clothing buys where I've like bought like 30 items like one day and they're all a dollar. I'm like, okay, it was a dollar, like great potential margin. Like I'm just throwing darts out there. Yeah. Um, just some bad brands like that type of stuff. And still in media too. Like when I first was like getting into media, like I'm like, Oh, sealed Jillian Michael DVD. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I'm like one dollar. Like this is great. Like right. I could make I could sell for nine dollars or something like that. And it sat for so long, and then finally, eventually, like I didn't even change the price. Eventually, just sold. Like yeah. Uh, but like, well, that is one of like the months. Yeah, that's one of the things with media, and that I've found that with like these huge lots that I've bought. Mm-hmm. That if you've got the space and the time to sit on them. And especially, you know, like that lot, the average cost was three and a half cents. So if it sits here for a year, I don't care. And almost every day I sell something that has literally been sitting here for a year and it's just like extra Mm -hmm. free money. So that long tail stuff, if you don't mind to mess with it and you can, you know, remain patient, it can pay off Mm -hmm. eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I found as well. Just being able to, to wait some stuff out and in media in general, like, I'm not sure about you, but I don't put best offer on anything. Like I just look at the market price and I just like, okay, what am I comfortable with? Where am I at within the range? Do I want to, is it one that like, I feel like it's moves so quickly that I could put the higher price on there. Is it one that like I need to put more middle or one that's like, Hey, five of them been sold in the last month. And I, I probably shouldn't have picked, or last quarter and I shouldn't have picked this up because there's 20 of them listed. So I would have bottom it out and right. <laughs> just turn it. But I found that like, I don't need best offer on there. Um, if I'm sick of seeing something sitting there and I see like there's a watcher or two, then I'll just send them a good offer and, right. and, and take it. But 
unless it's like a super high end one, like high price one that I want to just like throw it outrageous price on. Um, I don't put best offer like those ones. If I'm like, okay, well I'll put this at like $200 because it's just like, it's rare. It, it like, it has like a comp or two that sold for like 150, but there's none listed. And like, then I'll put it 200 and see what happens. Cause right. like, I don't know if that was a real sale or what was going on there. Yep. I didn't know that was like a fake Disney black diamond right. type sale. <laughs> going on. Um, so I'll, I'll, that's the only time like I'll throw it on. Um, majority of my stores, even electronics and games are all huh. just straight buy it now. Yeah. Like, I like I, I used to have best offer on everything. Yeah. And it's just like the hassle of someone coming in like, half your price right and you're like come on i just put that yesterday and i know the market price like yeah. i'm like not gonna waste my time on it. right see i will do i'll usually list it kind of like you were talking about where where i think the market for my particular item is and then mm-hmm. i'll have best offer available but i always put oh. an auto decline on it oh, at yeah. what my rock bottom price is. is yeah so i'm not messing with and i know i watch auction professor and he thinks that's a terrible strategy but I don't want, I'm like you, I don't want to get 50, 75% offers on an item. I don't, I don't even want to entertain that. So I just put the auto decline on there and, you know, sometimes you see him, you open it up and it says, uh, you know, buyer has one offer left and you know, that guy was trying to lowball you, but you finally (laughs) got to your number and I'll go ahead and sell it. So, but that's interesting Mm -hmm. that that has, that's worked for you. Yeah. It's, it's, especially cause like, um, it was not this Christmas, but the Christmas before that, that fourth quarter, I was, that's when I really got deep into media and I was finally figuring out my, my sourcing strategies and stuff and stuff was just like flying off. And I'm like, like, I don't need best offer. I'm yeah. like, it, it was probably, my theory was probably a little bit off because it was fourth quarter as well. And so stuff moves generally and you're not able right. to keep up with price increases at that time because prices will be going up. Uh, as people are just buying people out, uh, you're able to demand a little more. So like I saw, like I was able to churn it. And I'm like, like, this is nice. Not being able, not needing to worry about best offer. And I'm like, it was like one extra piece in my process that I just wanted to take out yeah. of not having to worry about that. And I'm like, as long as I feel like I'm strong enough with where I price it um, in my, my strategies and just like, I'm willing to hold to that strategy. Um, I felt like I didn't need it um, unless like the item just kind of demanded it. Right. So you mentioned a few minutes ago, um, trying to get a little bit of balance between this, the reselling piece and Mm -hmm. doing YouTube. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about uh, what you're doing on YouTube. Cause you've got what I feel like is a fairly unique channel because you do the kind Mm -hmm. of standard reselling, you know, what's sold and you know, the halls and whatever, but you do a lot of, really kind of educational and how to yeah. content. So let's talk a little bit about how you came up with kind of that strategy and how that's working for you. Yeah. Um, I just kind of gravitated towards what I liked watching and also what um, I felt helped me out when I started. Right. Uh, Cause when you're out there and you're watching a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of awesome channels, but a lot of it will be, um, just someone going through something like going through a store. And I'm like, I can't, 
Um, first, I didn't have enough time <laughs> to watch all that. And I just really wanted to get to like, hey, what what worked for you? What, right. what did you find? Um, just give me the bolos real quick on there. Um, and so like I was just wanting something that would help me learn different categories quicker. Um, and I still even watch those videos today. Like I'll still watch them. But like I just knew like for myself, like I wasn't for myself to make a video. I probably wasn't going to be excited making uh, at least going through a walkthrough of a store. Um, I will put out videos where I'm, I'm showing once I came out of the store of what I had, just because I want to give you like, here's like five items, like look out for these <laughs> type sure. of a deal. Uh, but I knew I wasn't going to do that. Like for my full channel. Um, and also like for me, like here, I, I didn't want like all my competition to see <laughs> what right. I was doing as well um because there's like here there's a ton of competition in phoenix so like i'll go to a store like yesterday the last store i was at almost all the stores i was at um there was probably about like a dozen of us waiting for carts to roll out yeah like in just one section not not even counting like the people that were like in the clothing section so it's like i'm like okay well I don't want them to know all my tricks. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) I like, but like there's certain ones I probably will eventually bring on and do like interviews like there, because there's so many awesome characters. Oh, sure. Like at the stores, like we all like, we'll see each other probably three times a day (laughs) from from any different places. So it'd be good to like, just talk to them because I've already shared enough uh, knowledge with them (laughs) when it comes to it. But there's other ones I don't want to give all my details my secrets too. But, uh, I knew I wanted to make something that would show at least like items that are coming out of the store just to help people that are seeing those. But the other, the main thing I want to do is just like teach, um, like and really educate, um, just how to do something because really like for when you're starting, you don't know where to, where to start. And if I can help you, learn like something in like five to eight to 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. then like that'll probably be more valuable than me walking through the whole store uh, for you during that 10 minutes. What, what kind of response have you had to that sort of content? Are you getting good feedback? Is your, is your channel growing? Because I, yeah, I'm not sure. I kind of get a sense that people by and large are watching for the entertainment value of the yeah. stuff. They say they want to learn these things, but I don't know that they're, I had a conversation yesterday with uh, three gen hustle. And we talked about that a little bit where if you had a channel that totally focused on mm-hmm. the business aspects of running an eBay business, I think it would be mm-hmm. incredible va- valuable, but I'm not sure anybody would watch. So what's kind of yeah. your take on how's that working for you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a slow growth, right? It's like for, I, and I knew putting it out there, it was not going to be one that was going to be too flashy <laughs> when it comes to it. Um, I've been told my channel is pretty dry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, walking through, um, like, and especially like the, I'm getting, I'm super excited about one that I'm going to be working on of like, just like pricing strategies in general. <laughs> like I'm like, that excites me, but I know it doesn't excite. It's like, not right. like a hype t-shirt, like type of <laughs> right. thing, like a uh, vintage type. Um, that's not going to get the views, but it's going to help people more in the long run than just seeing something like that. Um, but it has been a slow, it's been a slow growth. I think I started in August, September and I'm over 700 subscribers yeah. right now. 
and the last month has been like added like 250 so it's like it's starting to you know ramp up uh when it comes to it so i think by the end of march early april i'll finally hit a thousand yeah uh with the rate i'm going at but it's it's definitely been a slow one and but it's helped like putting out like certain educational content has helped like my dvd series my first my intro one in there is like over three thousand views sure so like um if you hit on certain ones it'll drive a lot to your business and um but like yeah like i knew i wasn't going to be a flashy <laughs> channel right um i'm not like the ones that usually do really well are usually the younger ones they're couples um yeah. Or they or they don't have kids, so they're able to <laughs> go and, and hit a lot of a lot of stuff and um, you know just get out there. I'm like I knew I had to uh, just like, with what time I had available to. I'm like okay, usually a set space, maybe a different set space, and educational content, which is like easily for me, easy for me to put together and uh, digestible, like in a right. short time frame. Do you feel like the people who have subscribed to your channel are super loyal? Like they're really devoted to the channel? Cause that's what I'm finding with mine. My growth has been mm-hmm. like yours pretty slow, but mm-hmm. the people who are there and are watching, they're always commenting. They're always reaching out. I mean, they're yeah. very active within my community, which I truly appreciate for those of you who are watching. Yes. <laughs> uh, are you finding kind of the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The same thing. Right. Um, and I feel like they're probably a lot of the same people that are just like us, right. Of just like, Hey, they, they're, they're on social media. They may have started a channel or thought about it, or they're thinking about getting into, um, thrifting or reselling. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're super loyal. They're awesome. Like, and the main thing, like for me, I, I always remind myself like the ones that are there at the beginning, are the ones that are going to mean the most because as you grow and like to see them continuously stay with me right uh, through this, like I'm like, Oh wow, you were here. Like before I even hit a hundred. Yeah. Yep. I've got <laughs> right? my, so I, like, I talk about my OG 28 cause I was stuck on 28 yeah. subscribers for what felt like an eternity. And those, yeah. a lot of those folks are still here and they're still commenting on videos. And that, I mean, that just, every time you see that name pop up, you're like, that's one of my OG 28. Yeah. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah. And those are the ones I'll get back to right away. Like, yeah. like, and those, the, the first ones are the ones that I am talking to probably more on Instagram than anyone else. Right. Like they're the ones, you know, you got that close bond to, mm-hmm. um, on there as well. And, and really a lot of that was why I started. Cause like for me, like it's such, well, for all of us, it's such like an isolated <laughs> business and job. And so like, you just kind of want to, um, reach out to the community. So start on Instagram. Like I knew I wanted to make a YouTube eventually just to share stuff and, and to keep learning. Cause it, I feel like if I make a video on something, I'm going to learn it even more. Oh, Cause yeah. I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound stupid. <laughs> even though I may sound stupid, I don't <laughs> want to sound stupid or too stupid. Um, but you definitely learn so much more, uh, by just doing it, yeah. just like diving in. Uh, so like that's, that's, it's like, it helps me make my business stronger and it helps other people make their business stronger. So like, it just, it's fun to do. And yeah. I just, you feel that, that value that you get out of it from doing it. Do you have goals for your channel beyond 
you know, the obvious being helpful and building that community. Do you have kind of thoughts about monetary goals and, you know, subscriber counts on any of that kind of stuff, or is this legitimately just a, a passion project? Um, the only goal I have right now is I said it, I think in December, I was like, Hey, I want to hit a thousand by July 1st. And it was like when my, I wasn't moving very fast. I was like under 300, I think at that time, maybe 250 or something. I'm like, like, I'm going to set a goal. I'm going to hit a thousand by then. And at that point I was like, okay, I'll do 10 to 12 videos a month is how I'll start churning them out. And I think I'm probably going to do eight to 10 a month. (laughs) The way it is like two to three a week feels right uh, for me. Uh, It it just depends on like how much I could uh, think of and, or want to do with some of them because I don't want to repeat stuff too much. Uh, So like my main goal is just like hit the thousand um, and then hit the, the monetary at least turn on. Right. Um, I just found out like once you hit a thousand is when you could finally do like polls and stuff like right. that on there. And I'm like, I was more excited. I think about that this weekend when I found that out, cause I wanted to pull, pull put a poll up. And I'm like, I can't do it. Right. You got hit a thousand. I, I, I actually went into YouTube. How do I put a poll up? And instead yeah. like, you have to hit a thousand. Like, right. Like that, I'm more excited about that than actually making money. Cause I'd yeah. rather like survey my, my uh, subscribers and find out like what's meaningful to them. Sure. Um, and like, what should I, uh, what, what do they want to see me put out? Um, but then also like, uh, what type of stuff are like they, that they're doing as well. Like, I just want to kind of take that, you know, straw poll out there. Yeah. And so I'm more excited about that actually. Right. I, like I, if I make nothing, like I'm fine with it. Um, because like I needed a creative outlet separate from doing everything because like you get in the day to day of, okay, pick, <laughs> sure. come home, clean, uh, photograph list ship. Like all, like it was like the monotony of that. I needed yeah. something different, especially coming from a corporate job where I had like, I, I could have done anything I wanted with like my day. Um, there, as long as like I'm driving towards a goal of growing a product, um, I could divide my day up however I wanted. And like, I needed something to like, give me a little more creativity than the box that I was uh, currently in. Right. Cause this can become like we talked about offline, it can turn into a bit of a grind. And if you don't have something yeah. to give you that sense of community and to kind of break up the day, it can really, it can become really mentally taxing because it's already, mm-hmm. like you said, it's so solitary to begin with, if you're not doing it with, family or mm-hmm. a partner or whatever that it yeah. can really it can really wear you out yeah yeah like my wife she works full-time so it's like like she doesn't want to do any of it <laughs> i i she was interested she's she's interested in all this stuff but she's like super tired by the end of the day so it's like she's like i don't care about that like weekends she doesn't want to yeah. go thrifting with me um like i took her to a few stores once uh, when I was first starting out, maybe like four months in or something like that. And I was starting to do really well, figure out stuff to get. And she, I think it was just the deer in the headlights for her of going in there. And like, like, she's like, I don't know what to look for. Right. Like that type of stuff. And she'd look, look through a rack in the women's clothing. And she'd be like, like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she just likes hearing more of the home runs yeah. of what I get. Like, I'm like, Oh yeah, that sold for 400 yesterday. She's like, what? Like, 
Who right. buys that? <laughs> exactly. What kind of reaction did you get when you made the transition? We're going clear back to the beginning now, but uh-huh. when you left your corporate environment, did you tell people there that, you know, I'm thinking about doing reselling and what, if you did, what was the response that you got? I didn't tell any of them. Yeah. <laughs> no. Do they know um, now if they've seen you on YouTube? <laughs> um, they know because like my LinkedIn, like I made an LLC and so I put like uh, founder owner of my LLC on there because I'm all linked to, linked to them on there. And so that a lot of them reached out like, Hey, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> what, what's your business? So I went through it and they're like, uh, they're like, that's awesome. Let me, if I like so, one of them is ac- actually gave me a lead. I got to follow up on just recently of like uh, a distributor that he used to work with in his previous life. So I'm like, like, Oh, let me see if there's anything that they have that I could, uh, get an agreement with, um, on them, but like, they're all supportive, especially yeah. cause like a lot, lot more of them had lost jobs than after as well. So they're like, they're like in the same boat of like, Hey, like, do I want to work? Who do I want to work for? <laughs> right. And they're like, they're, they're just happy that like, I'm enjoying what I'm doing and I'm making good money doing it. Like, yeah. They're like, they're like, you get to set your own times. You get to, um, you know, run your business like you want. You don't have to be under the thumb of someone. Yep. Um, you have to make sure you hold yourself accountable, but you don't have to be under someone's thumb. So, right. Um, I've talked about that me, quite a good, bit. There's a lot yeah. of self-discipline required to do this. And a lot of people, mm-hmm. they need that structure that a traditional kind of nine to five job provides. So it's not for everybody, but you're right. You do have a ton of flexibility if you can control your <laughs> your more terrible urges to goof off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the nice thing about about this job for me is like I love watching TV, but I know I could list while I'm watching TV. There you go. So I'm like, I'm like after a normal nine to five, I would probably just be sitting on the couch watching TV and uh, be lazy. But I'm actually doing more work. Uh, now because I'm listing like for those couple hours while watching a basketball game or something. Right. Um, then I would have been doing during that time uh, during the day. Um, but yeah, it's, you definitely have to hold yourself accountable and that's, that's the hardest part I think of it is um, you can just be doing nothing. You could have yeah. a whole day of just like complete waste. Yep. Be like, where did it go? Right. <laughs> right. So but we're, you, you, you need to give yourself those times too to pause. Or well, yeah, no, you, you've got to have that balance. Like you talked about with doing the YouTube and the same thing. It's mm-hmm. really easy to, you know, get up and you do your shipments and you start listing and then you do something else. And the next thing you know, it's eight or nine o'clock at night and you've literally yep. spent 10, 12, 13 hours. Yep. And you know, you're, you're excited about the hustle and you want to get the stuff listed, but now you're starting to lose that, you know, work life balance. And especially, if you know you're in a different situation with a family, I'm here by myself, so it's real easy for me to get stuck down here. And the next thing I know, it's dark yeah. out, and I'm like, "Holy crap! Yeah. The whole day is gone." What you know? And I haven't done anything fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to. I like the best part about this is like just the flexibility. So like, even though I have a family that it gives me constraints there too that I have to work through. So like, I I'm able to drop my son off, pick him up every day. Yeah. So like, I know between those hours I ha- I could get stuff done that I could do without them being around yep. <laughs> or I don't want them around. Right. So it's like 
do I want to film? Do I want to source? Those are like the main things. Um, it's a good time for me to test items and prep items and take pictures. Cause when they're back, I want to spend more time with them yep. uh, until they go to bed. And that's usually when I list um, unless I listed during the day. Uh, so it's like, it gives me those constraints um, to work around, but they're, they're good constraints. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if they, yeah. If I did, if I did have like them, I, yeah, I would probably be, yeah. 14 hours just doing whatever yeah. and like getting lost in it and not taking a break. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Now I consciously have to kind of schedule those things for myself. Like today, you know, I listed all morning. I did my shipments. I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a little bit more, probably another order packaging and shipment this afternoon. And I'm going to take the rest of the afternoon off because yesterday I worked 15 hours. So wow. <laughs> you, you got to, you know, a little give and take. I'm going to knock off early today and then I'll be back at it yeah. tomorrow. And that's that flexibility is something you don't have. You sound like you maybe had a little bit of it with your last job. You could structure your day kind of however you wanted within the the yeah. bounds of the nine to five or whatever, but most yep. people don't have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was as long as I was working, cause like all my stuff was strategic. So, right. So it's like, as long as I'm working and, and there's always tons of meetings, but like everything outside of meetings was what do I need to do to progress? Right. Whatever I was working forward. So um, that, that was, that was the best part. That's why I love that, that, that job. But this is giving me that opportunity too to, uh, determine, you know, what boundaries I want to put on myself yep, and, yep. and where I want to go. So we're a little over an hour. So this is probably a good place to try to wrap it up. If you had like one or two pieces of advice that you wanted to give to somebody who was interested in getting into this or is already into it, mm-hmm. but is struggling or wants to do and grow a YouTube channel, but is finding that to be difficult. What, what kind of advice would you give to, to folks? For, for reselling and YouTube? Any advice? Your pick. Uh, um, reselling. Um, I would say don't be cheap. <laughs> it's my, one of my top ones. And, and what I mean about that is once you start, once you understand, you know, just how to use eBay um, margins, like that type of stuff um, and how to find product, um, don't, don't only buy stuff for a dollar. <laughs> sure. Like I'll like, like don't buy only on discounted days. Um, that, that's, that's like, if you really want to grow, um, you'll be paying whatever the full price is that's on that tick sticker that you find it at. Um, because there's going to be people like me <laughs> and other resellers that are there the day when it comes out or they see it, uh, and they know they can make money on it. They're going to buy it right away. Right. Um, so if you, if it's within like your thresholds, um, don't, don't wait for it to be there yeah. in two weeks. Right. And don't, get it for cheap. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, don't wait for fill a bag day or whatever, because you're getting the stuff that other folks have passed over three, four, 10, 15 times. And now, you know, you're kind of picking the bottom of the barrel and yeah, you're getting it cheap, but you've also, limited your profit potential at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all the good stuff is going to be gone by that day. Right. <laughs> it's going to be way gone. So like, like if no, like know the, know the stores that you're going to like, know what, when they're putting stuff out, uh, know like 
if they have stickers and color codes and stuff like that, know which week that they're putting out of that color. Um, because that will then, you know, that's the freshest inventory out there. Um, if there's date codes, even better, like my Goodwills have date codes on. So I, (laughs) I'm like, Oh, that came out today. (laughs) I was look at this shelf because that no, hopefully no one else came and picked it yet. Um, but like once I got past, like I used to mainly source dollar days, Thursdays here in Arizona and always looking like I'm going to get as much volume as I can. But once I got more strategic in my buying of knowing, okay, I'm willing to pay $3 for something instead of buy three things for $1. If I know that $3 item is going to move quickly and at a decent price, right? <laughs> like I, like I'd rather do that than buy three low sell through rate items of like uh, an, something that no one's going to be buying on. So once you understand the business a little bit, just, yeah, don't wait out for the bottom yeah. <laughs> is, is, is the main thing. Uh, at least that, that's, that's always what I tell people when they're, they're out thrifting and they're like, Oh, it's too much. I'm like, well, how much could you've got for it? Right. And they're like, I got 60 and I'm like, you're not willing to pay 10. Like you, yeah. you're waiting for half price day. I'm like, pay, buy it, buy it now. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> 10 into 60 is a really good business model. Like if you oh, yeah, could absolutely. do that in a month, I'm like, that is a really good business model. Don't wait for five. Like, so that's like the thing. I'm like, just don't be cheap. Yep. <laughs> it's an, it's an investment. As long as you're, as long as everything lines up in, in your thresholds, then pull the trigger on it. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you taking some time out on a, a midweek work day to uh, share mm-hmm. your thoughts with us. This has been a great conversation. Uh, I will, as always, link to all of Steve's various uh, sites. So be sure you visit his uh, Instagram and his YouTube channel and see him in Clubhouse if he's ever on there. <laughs> <laughs> I ever jump in. I got, I got an invite from a previous coworker. That's where I got it from. There you go. He came so, out of his contact list, I think. And he's like, oh, funny. Steve's the only one that signed up for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you'll have to let us know what you think of it. Um, so far, everybody's raving, but we'll see how that yeah. goes. So I probably won't even go on it for reselling, to be honest. I'll yeah. probably go on and listen to like like uh, WandaVision like theories or something like that. Right. Or, uh, or NBA like talk or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Big NBA fan. Get my mind off reselling a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Are Are you a big NBA fan? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a? Are you a Bulls fan from where you originated? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Bulls. It was tipped up a little bit. I couldn't see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, how is that being in Phoenix? Uh, it's hard. I I had NBA TV for a while, um, and then I think last year was the first year I got rid of it because, yeah. like, I'm like, it was hard because I was like watching like their team's been terrible for years. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, I finally get rid of it. Like I'm not going to pay the 125 bucks or whatever for it. Cause I can watch just all the national games. Like I'm fine with that. Right. Um, but this year they're, they, I think they're actually like the eighth seed if it ended right now. So they're actually like, okay to watch. Right. Uh, so like I may buy it for the rest of the year. <laughs> to they watch they usually run some kind of special, don't they? Like mid season yeah, or whatever. Where you get like, like a, a really discounted prorated yeah. uh, price for the rest of the year. So I'm, I'm going to wait until I see something like that pop up. But like, I love watching the national games. Cause like you could watch games almost every day. Yeah. Uh, that that's on uh, TNT or ESPN or right. NBA TV. So 
it's it's great to list against. <laughs> sure. What I, we're way off the beaten path here, but what were your thoughts on um, the bubble last year and how they handled the whole COVID situation and managed to pull off their season? And uh, what did you what did you think about that? They were brilliant with it. Like like for them to be able to pull that off, right? It, it was a lot of sacrifice for all of them to go for like what like two months, three months for a lot of them. Like the the teams that are in there for like the final scram, they're millionaires, multimillionaires. But like you, you heard afterwards from them like months after, after where they're like, Hey, just the psychological issues of being in there and not being with your family. Um, Because like family wasn't even invited, I think until like the semifinals, like if you made it that far. Right. It was pretty late before they started allowing people in. So by that point, they were in there two months or something without their family. Um, so that's that's hard. <laughs> that's really hard. But like, kudos to them for being able to pull it off. Um, like, I watched probably every game, <laughs> right? When it was in there because I'm like, I need sports. Um, so being able to watch that, I couldn't watch baseball. Like baseball is just so boring with like no fans. Um, and their yeah. NBA figured out how to do it with like the screens and piping in stuff. And yeah. it's just fast paced. So you're able to get, get away with it. Um, but they did awesome. They didn't have anyone catch anything in there. Right. I think one guy, there was the one guy that got kicked out. Like, I think he even got like let go from his team from yeah. <laughs> trying to sneak someone in right. or he snuck out himself. Like, you know, there's always a knucklehead when it comes to that stuff. But, uh, um, everyone else, you know, they're smart with it. And I, I heard that it sounds like they'll probably do it again for this year's playoffs. Like that's a potential that they're going to do just so like, you don't have like a faulty champion <laughs> Sure, <laughs> where like, uh, half the team got it and like, or yeah. they're, they're superstars and you, you lose, uh, that champion. Like it's, it just doesn't look right. Of yeah. Someone else not that shouldn't get it. So, um, I hope they do it, do that for, it. um, but it's uh it's actually interesting to see some of the fans like in the crowd now like here in phoenix i think there's like scattering of fans that they allow yeah um in there so it's nice to see a few people cheer right. people on but uh um yeah they they, they definitely did it the right way <laughs> awesome well thank you for indulging my completely non-reselling rant <laughs> but uh again this has been awesome i i really appreciate you coming out i love your channel i uh, really i really like what you're doing there so i wish you the well, best you. success with it and uh, again thanks for coming out today awesome thanks for having me absolutely All right, guys. So I hope you enjoyed that as much as he and I did. I had a great time chatting with Steve. I hope you'll go and check out his channel. He has some really, really terrific tutorials and some lessons and just it's a really, really good channel. So head on over there. There are links in the video description and the show notes below. Go check it out throw them a like and a subscribe. Let them know we sent you over there from this episode. But again, thank you to Steve and thank all of you, as always, for spending a little bit of your day here with me. And now it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will catch you again next time.